No, well, you're asking I'm the team team why are they getting the jobs? Okay. It's you called talent. Are. It's something well, called talent. Nice mimic, Edward. All right, so there gets we get political. So what do you think of Brexit? Hey there, I'm Ed Begley Jr., and I'm willing to do anything to help the planet. I fit my trash in a glove compartment, I recycle denim to insulate my house, and I love my wife. And I am Rochelle Carson Begley, and I prefer to wear my denim, especially when someone is too cheap to turn on the heater. And I love Ed. This week, our wonderful friends Neil Dixon and Charles Dennis join us to talk about becoming the first film star on iPad and the problems with Brexit and healthcare. Hey guys, you're listening to another episode of Begley-esque. We've got a couple of our friends joining us today for a great conversation, but before we do that, we want to thank you for some of the incredibly kind feedback you've sent us. On Instagram, Hartley Grote Art said, listened to a bunch of episodes on my flight yesterday, absolutely love Mike Farrell's interview, keep up the great work. He also suggested a few guests like Jackson Brown, Woody Harrelson, Tom Shadiak, Jerry Brown and Ralph Nader. Well, I I would. Uh, uh, I'd say yes to uh, all of those. Yeah, absolutely. Jer- uh, Jackson is a friend of ours. Woody's a friend. Well, yeah. Tom. Uh, Jerry Brown is a friend. A, Ralph Nader's a friend. We have to. Tom Shadiak, I don't know. I'd love to know. Well, he's a very interesting character, isn't he? Very much so. And um, Hartley Grote Art is that your real name? I just question. Could be. Okay. Thanks for all the great guest ideas. We'll see what we can do about satisfying them. In the meantime, feel free to reach us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Let us know what episodes you've been enjoying, what else you'd like to hear. We're at Begley-esque on social media. You can email us at Begley-esque, that's B-E-G-L-E-Y-E-S-Q-U-E, at gmail.com. We're sitting down today with a couple of our very lovely friends, actor friends, Neil Dixon and Charles Dennis. Very old, uh, not old, you're not old, but old well, friends to us. Friends for a long time, time known is what you a long, to say. <laughs> time. And Neil is an actor, a voice actor, a stage actor, a fabulous actor, by the way, uh, who has his face and or voice in great works such as Mad Men and Empire. Uh, Inland uh, Empire, honey. Okay, thank you for correcting me. <laughs> Uh, Inland Empire, Beowulf, but but what brought you out here from London was She Wolf of London. Of oh, London, yeah, it was a, it's a, it was a um, TV series ahead of its time. I have to was say, was it really? Um, well, of course, a, a Universal TV series, and we did thirteen episodes, the pilot in the UK, and then what happened was the studio decided it was you know, too out of control over there, <laughs> so they moved me and the American girl. They moved back. We were kind of a, it was a bit like a Remington Steely mm. oh, kind of but what, relationship. What werewolves? Yeah, she, uh, as one does, got bitten by a werewolf in the course. first episode. Yeah, it happens and, in London. You got to be careful. Uh, uh, very, very yeah. careful. And what that transpired into, I was the only one that knew, but and I was a professor of um, uh, all things wise oh, yeah. and wonderful <laughs> because you're and, British and studies. lycanthropic studies. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So we set out to find a cure for lycanthropy. Oh, and that, yeah. but you in in turn fell in love with Los Angeles and decided to stay. And I'm going to continue on. You don't have to put your finger up. Okay, then uh, you'd introduce all right. Charles. I'm that. going to introduce Charles. Okay, so yeah, Totally opposite of what we agreed to. But okay, for God's sakes, go ahead and introduce Charles. No, it's fine. We agreed no, no, to no, you would go no, first. No, no. I, want I gave you, you the introduce... choice. You saw this fun thing. But I said, most, what do you want to go first or second? Okay, she so said first. Most important <laughs> is that. My nerves are chattered. I haven't even spoken. I've been trying to get a word in edgewise to say. No. Charles is like, no, no, I, and no, she no. moves. You saw her move the mic yeah. away. Yeah, I tried time, to give her a finger up to say, "Hey, can I introduce Charles?" Go right ahead, honey. You're, you're on. You're on, baby. Go. I've always okay. said 
Yeah. Can we have a moment of silence? Now, what I really yes. wanted to say was you were in the highly entertaining series currently at Will at Large, which was created by our other wonderful guest, Charles Dennis. Absolutely. Am I permitted to introduce yes, you Charles? May. Thank you, you so now. much. Charles, I've known for many years, dear friends since the 80s. We met in the 80s, award-winning playwright, author, director, writer, filmmaker, film historian, actor, voice act, actor, just uh, to name but a few. He's penned the novel and screenplay Finders Keepers, wrote and directed Hard Four, Chicanery. He's done lots of voiceover acting on American Dad, Disney's Home in the Range, a few gamers, The Elder Scrolls V. Sikram, am I pronouncing that right? Oh, Skyrim. 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 Sorry, yeah, yeah. Skyrim. Star Wars. We've heard of And we're going to stop right there because otherwise this episode will never begin. Charles, we're thrilled to have you here, and thank you both for coming. Yes, uh, and putting pleasure. up with us for no. so many years. <laughs> yes, indeed. I knew it would come to this. I know. Well, uh, three or four of those uh, shows that you just rattled off, Ed, I'm in, yes. by the way. Yes, and wonderfully so. Thank you, darling. Parts so, written talk- specifically for you. just about me. Well, the one Ed likes the best is the one where you don't speak. Is that true, Ed? Yeah. <laughs> Hoping she'd recreate that in other formats, like Married Life. <laughs> okay, so here we are. Well, tell, us, tell our listeners a little bit about At Will at Large. At Will at Large is the latest incarnation of a character called Clive Atwill. I got my first iPad in 2011, and it opened up a whole new world to me of filmmaking. That now that no, most people don't say that, okay. So I just want you to say that again, so they, they can say sort of they, in another language. Or no, more? they just don't say oh. they started making films on an iPad. Right. Okay. I, well, it was an absolute accident. I had this thing, and it was just wonderful. And I was up in Canada with my daughter, and I'd had this idea for a kid show called The Kinetic Kid. So we did a sizzle reel with Danny Aykroyd and Ethne, my daughter, and Ken Welsh, and. Uh, and they said, gosh, I could, do, I could do like a grown-up thing with this. And so I wrote this short film for Neil called Atwill. And we shot that um, over a period of a couple of weeks. And it won the Samuel Fuller Guerrilla Film Festival, uh, whatever, Guerrilla <laughs> Filmmaker Award at the Buffalo International Film Festival. And then about a year later, Neil said, couldn't we do more of Atwill? So we did. And, and, uh, and then this year... Uh, it became a TV series as opposed to a web series. I don't know how it wait happened. Wait a minute, wait a minute. How did it become a TV series? Yeah. According where, to IMDb, Where's it my is, check? Yeah, yeah exactly, now, darling. Careful, careful. We may have to excise this before somebody at, well, yeah. at SAG says something. But soon, checks are coming. Um, and we stopped after episode five, in which you were... Deserted by both the men in your life. Oh, I'm in the I'm in the closet. In the pantry. Well, in the pantry. And the uh, and it's now going to resurface as a feature called Barking Mad, which is Atwell's favorite description of all the Americans that he meets in Southern California. So is it also going to be? We're just going to take the footage off the iPad. <laughs> Stay tuned. Well, it's quick, and I more. have to and say. More. How did you two meet, though? Did you meet through us or elsewhere? How did you meet? No, you, we, we, were neighbors. Neighbors. we were neighbors. I re-met after not seeing for years on Halloween, going okay. up your street In our and neighborhood. opened the door. Right. That's right. But we first met through Ian McShane. Oh, I love Ian McShane. And um, I had done uh, a miniseries in Africa with Ian. And God, in mid-80s, I was, was out it? here pushing my, selling my wares and trying to get some tap up some work and um i was hanging out with ian and ian introduced me to charles 
It was very nice. So you had, didn't meet him when you did Winds of War? No, he wasn't in Winds of War, was he? Oh, yes, he was. Oh, was he? No, he no, I, I didn't meet him when I did Winds of War. You weren't yeah. in Winds of War, were you, Ed? I was not. I wanted to be, One but of the I was things not. He was I feel not. you were, though. I feel you should have been. I mean, well, I'm living the Winds of War here in <laughs> yes. the house in Studio City. The War of Winds. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, did, Charles, you have a, a, a interesting background. You started as a child, right? As we, a all child. Did, we all did, Rochelle, unless you came out beautiful this way Toronto. on your own. Right. Yeah, yeah, beautiful city of downtown Toronto, That's right. actually. Down, down at uh, Spadina and Dundas. I know those. I know that intersection well. Yeah. You were, were a journalist? Well, what did you start I, I was a child actor on the radio between the ages of 8 and 13. We should feel right at home, then. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, this. Yes. Oh, this is this. I knew. I learned all about this. Okay. And the dead side of the uh, mic, which was always the forbidden part. You know, they don't have them on these. Oh, okay. There's nothing dead. Uh, and then when I was 16, I worked for the Toronto Telegram as a second-string film and theater critic. 16. Yeah. How did you get a job at 16 as a critic? Because I used to go to press conferences at the O'Keefe Center. Uh, they asked me to go there. Because, Why? Did they just pick because, you? Oh, because you were a kid actor. No? No, no. When, when I was in first year high school, and I wanted to do everything and be on every club and this and that, and I read in the newspaper that Jaja Gabor's diamonds had fallen down the sink at the King Edward Hotel, and I was the publicity director for the school yearbook, so I thought, oh, I could interview her somehow. So, You've always had chutzpah. You have always had chutzpah, Charles. Chutzpah, Charles. That's what, the, That's the, what you need oh. to get by in this business. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, there's no sense standing there no, watching the no, bus go by. No exactly. idol. You get on board. Yeah, as I, nope. wrote, I made a movie once called Reno in the Dock, and, and there was a line that where she said, uh, there's them that rides the bus, them that drives the bus, and them that watches the bus go by. Ah. And I was never going to be the one to watch it go by. Clearly not. So wait a minute. So Jaja, you were going to see Yeah, yeah. So Jaja, I went and interviewed her. And uh, she said, how old are you, darling? And I said, I'm 15. She's perfect for my daughter. And, and this began this, this correspondence with uh, Francesca Hilton. Did you ever I know? I know Francesca. Yes, yeah, she well, was. She, she went to heaven, away. you know. Yeah, That's what yeah, I heard. Yeah. Bless her heart. Uh, and then, Do you think the diamonds actually did go down the drain, or was it a scam no, to get I think it was a scam to get people to sure. go to Northwest department right. store so she could sell her book. Oh, yeah, of course. But then uh, somehow... I ended up at an O'Keefe Center uh, press conference one night for Jackie Leonard. Remember Jackie Leonard? Very well, Jackie yeah. Leonard, my yeah. Oh, Please. Yeah, you show me, a, show me a milkman in high heels, I'll show you a Dairy Queen. Lost <laughs> on Neil, but that's Very okay. But anyhow, uh, no one there knew who he was, and he was oh getting really upset, and so I started asking questions. And he said, get over here, you little pisher. And I sat down next to him on the sofa, and everybody started scribbling as we spoke. And afterwards, they came up and they said, we'd like you to be here from now on, because they... Whoever this kid was knew more about their guests than the press did. And eventually it led to an offer from two different newspapers. And I took one of them and I worked at the paper for a couple of years and then uh, came out here in 68, met your father on the airplane from right. Toronto to Los Angeles. And he told me all about you. What are the odds? Amazing. What are the odds? Amazing. How did you start, Neil? Tell me about How did I start? Beginnings. Well, um, I grew up in Nottingham in England. And where is not, um, Notting- Nottingham? Nottingham right bang smack in the centre of the country. Okay, yes. It's yeah, where yeah. related to the Shire Reeve. Yes, exactly. Um, but I th- applied to drama school, went to drama school, and on leaving... Which one, dear? The Guildhall. The Guildhall. The Guildhall, the Guildhall School. Celebrate. And Great school. This, yeah. And then I got my first job in Weekly Rep. 
Mm. for six months a different play every week except for Christmas when we did the pantomime and we got a break <laughs> and we did a panto <laughs> show we did a panto for three weeks what did you play? The Goose <laughs> in Mother Goose I was the goose in Mother Goose I did and I did lay a golden egg I love it. <laughs> I laid a few other things too but that's yeah, another but story you did. Bum, bum, bum. and then we uh, I then just hopped from repertory company to repertory company for about Eight years, Manchester. Is that what that happens in England? Well, in that's the what system? happened then, not, right, no, not, not now. now. I mean, I'm afraid Margaret Thatcher put an end to all oh, of that. Oh, because there's but no subsidies. There's no subsidy. Well, she that one? took away all the subsidy, well, not all, but a large amount of subsidy to the arts. Oh. So that when a theatre Reagan com- as well. So, yeah. A, a theatre company would have something like, you know, we do eight plays in a season, always one Shakespeare at least in the middle of it. So, and there was a company cast for the whole season. What happened was when they cut the subsidy to the arts, they had to find other money and they could never come up with enough. So all these little theatres, or large theatres, started doing one play at a time. And then they bring a cast up for that. And they were smaller cast plays. There was always a Shakespeare somewhere in there. But in those days, you could... I mean, every year I went to another, did another season and another rep. And it all culminated in... Um, I was doing a play in the West End of London called Trafford Tansy, which played here in L.A. as um, it was Tarzana Tansy, and it, mm. in New York it was Teaneck Tansy. Debbie Harry. Teaneck Tansy, Tina. yeah, I've heard of that. Debbie Harry. Debbie Harry. Did it in, in New Harry. York. This was, God, in the 80s. So she was a kind of pretty height of blondie hot. face. No question. Yeah. She was hot. I used, blondie, to, yeah. I used to look at record covers of Debbie Harry and Dream. Yeah. But in London it was uh, a different cast. We were the original cast. And one night, I, I, my agent said, there's some people coming to see the show tonight from Los Angeles, from NBC television. So, you know, and I had, it was one of those dream roles. And after they all saw the show, and then afterwards I was asked to go and screen test for this mini-series or maxi-series called Anno Domini, which was what AD, which was yes. what NBC, was their, the biggest mini-series at the time, after Roots, it, it was some $30 million in 83. That was a lot of money back was then a for a miniseries, my God. And off I went to, I got the part, and off I went to Africa for, oh, I don't know, I think it was nine months. What and part did you play? Wow. Show. I played Valerius. Valerius. And, <laughs> it sounds um, fabulous. I, you know, <laughs> but the great thing was I got to work with icons, because I was, there were four of us who were like the lifers. Amanda Pays, oh, who I, I know Amanda. you know. Yes, no we one do. love her. Love Amanda. Well, Amanda played the beautiful Jewish slave that I, the Roman... Yes. Centurion freed from slavery, and we went off into the sunset. And Diane Venora, love Diane. I've worked uh, with Diane. Diane, yeah, oh, Diane. She was fantastic in it. And um, we, you know, the, we were the four. But around the us, fourth, were, the, who was the fourth? Oh, oh, Wait a minute. Good. Chris in the early eighties, become a very successful author. Christopher Humphreys. Humphreys. Yes, I've yeah, heard that name. Very, very successful C. C. author now. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, sorry. Thanks. I, I should never forget him. Because um, you'll get a phone call when this goes on. I will get a phone call. <laughs> but what we did, and we had worked with, I got to work with James Mason, who came out to oh, play Tiberius Caesar. James Mason said. Well, when I first <laughs> met, when I first met James Mason, I was, you know, walking to the set, knowing, oh my God, James Mason's going to be here today. I'm going to, I've got a scene with him, you know, him and Jack Warden. You remember Jack? Oh, sure. I knew Jack. Jack, great. I mean, you know, playing a Roman senator with the thickest Bronx, <laughs> Bronx accent you'd ever know. But, uh, alongside James Mason so I I was passing James Mason's trailer and 
at that moment, he came out of his trailer and took a couple of steps down. And I thought, oh, God, I've got to say something. I've got to go over and you know, introduce myself before the scene, but just to break the ice. So I, I walked over to him and I said, um, hello, Mr. Mason, sir. He said, yes. And I said, um, uh, I'm playing Valerius. He said, ah, yes. Neil Dixon, James Mason. The Mason Dixon line. Oh, <laughs> how wonderful! Yeah, so that was good. But other people, you know, Jack Warden. I mean, the stories he used to tell in oh, the bar. Oh, I heard night. a few of them too. Susan Sarandon was on it. A- a- Ava Gardner was on it. Wow! Um, so it was an and, international. Oh, the fantastic, magnificent Colleen Dewhurst. Oh my God! It how was wonderful. They all came out and did their cameos, and so I got to work with all of them. So it was like this real film. Cinematic baptism. Was that your very first? No, no, I'd done some English. My big American, apart from Winds of War, but I I just had a small part. I just got lucky and they flew me out here to do it. But I'd done some English TV series, yeah, up until that point. And then, but it was the first American thing that I actually, big thing that I. Is that, no, that's not when you came and stayed, though. No, later I came to stay. And then I got all these other mini series and movies of the week, and I was coming and going and. Did a spell in Dynasty with Joan, mm. uh, which was fun. And then um, I got the lead in this uh, Universal series, She Wolf of London. And they moved me here. I brought the wife and kids out, and we settled. And Did you settle in Studio City? Yes, we did. On the, the same road <laughs> as yeah. you guys. the same street for years. Right. 26 years I was in that house. Oh. I'll never be at another house that long. That no. was a great run. No, was, what a great little It was 26 minutes at the way you're going. I know. Yeah. But um, oh, so we were neighbors, we were and then neighbors. our dear, I met you. I mean, we knew each other, but I think, but I mostly met you through Michael, our Michael. dear friend Michael. Yeah. Michael Halsey. Halsey. We love Michael Halsey, I'm, another wonderful actor. Yeah, another yeah. wonderful English actor, and we yes. did a play together. And you he, did Dial in for Murder. That's together, right. Didn't you? Sure did. I went on once, and um, but no, it was fabulous. And now, um, and then I got to meet you, and yeah. but I knew Charles because Ed. Because how? How did you meet Trevor? We met years ago when you were first trying to get going uh, for the hard, hard way. Hard four. Hard, uh, hard four. four, I should right, say. Right. Uh, with uh, Jeff Goldblum and me, we were trying to make that happen. It never did, but uh, we worked on other things and together. We produced a play together. Yes, we did. Significant Others Significant. at the Beverly Hills Playhouse. That's but right. I also remember that first night, uh, the three of us had dinner, and then Goldblum disappeared. And Jeff Goldblum. Two words came up, Trivial Pursuit, and, and Ed and I did a one-on-one, which I'd never done again. One-on-one with Ed? One-on-one Trivial Pursuit. That's very Oh, I forgot about that. And I beat you, and then you used of to course take, you did. You He's used to take me around to parties as He was as my ringer. ringer. I yeah. was the ringer. I've got this friend who's in town. He's from uh, Toronto, not, and you mind if he, he doesn't really know much about American <laughs> anything. He's a Canadian, so be very, talk slowly with this him. This is weird. And, and people, oh yeah, let's include him. You take him on your team they'd say take him on your team and then he would know as he does know everything about every movie TV show Trivial, Trivial Pursuit was, I remember was you made once, by a Canadian I remember Correct. a bunch of them from, yeah. From yeah a bunch Charles, of them yeah. I got to meet and know them a bit yeah. I remember you once saying about Charles he's got a mind like a steel trap <laughs> he does too and it's not just film and television there's history geography and there well, that was very kind as opposed to that man who said I was <laughs> what oh god that was what It'll come back to me. It was, yeah, it was, yeah. uh, he had the wrong word. Okay. Well, anyway, beside that, so you, <laughs> Charles, I have never, oh, I, again, I've never met anyone with as much chutzpah as Charles Dennis. He, 
Right. He asked me this, I don't know how many years ago it was that you did chicanery, I guess. And you said, are you going to shoot it on an iPad? And I'm like, oh my God. Okay. All right. I said, as long as I don't have to learn any lines. So I put the lines on the table. Remember I had them on the table mm -hmm. written. You said, you don't have to learn any lines. Don't worry. And I had them there and he shot it on an iPad. And now let me just ask you, and it looks actually really good. What is your biggest challenge shooting on an iPad? What do you Well the challenge before this season was the sound. But then I got this sure mic that fits in and the sound is really good now. So there's no there's no challenge for me. Uh, I remember David O. Russell saw the first twenty minutes of chicanery and he said, How did you zoom in? Yeah, I walked <laughs> closer. There. You know, you I'm, can't see it, but he's just it. moving, he's moving his, in. You know, and, the, and he was like stunned that, wow, like what a concept. I mean, what did people used to do before they had zoom lenses? You moved in. You, you had the little bicycle wheels on the camera or whatever, and right. you moved in. Um, it well, you have a steady me, hand, because I've never been able to take a video or anything with my, uh, with my phone. <laughs> well, it's like the garden hose approach to shooting. We <laughs> spray it everywhere. First of all, I remember, I remember now what this elderly producer said about me. He said I was a suppository of cinema. And I thought, okay, that's what we were looking at. A suppository but, of but cinema. When we were shooting Chicanery and we were out at Kate Vernon's place in, right. in Van Nuys and Patty McCormick was there playing your mom. Patty McCormick from The Bad Seed. And, and many and, other and things all before. all the way forward right. to Frost Nixon and The Sopranos. Of course. That's she's right. Patty McCormick, Patty has been sake. working since she was four years old. It's yep. amazing. But uh, Lauren Lester, one of the actors... Uh, Asked her because he knew that she had been in the ill-fated Don Quixote that Orson Welles did back in the 50s. She had? She was the wraparound. He was telling her the story, and then things would go in and out. She was a mere child. Yeah, well, she'd come off the bad seed, oh, so okay. this was a great deal you know, to yeah. get her for him. And Lauren said, what was it like working with Orson Welles? And she said, like Charles. You know, that it just, you know, if something wasn't good, or something, we'll just get it over here, we'll move that down. <laughs> you know, the same thing. I, you know, I, I, I love a challenge. And, and the actors, uh, I don't know whether you agree or not, but uh, a lot of the actors have told me the fact that there's no crew and it's just me is so less intimidating. Well, for yeah. I mean, come on. Total relaxation. You know, it's just a person holding an iPad, for God's sake. I mean, yeah, which I has mean, enabled me to do this guerrilla filmmaking in places with no permits. So, it's, Neil, you've done, what, how many episodes now God, with Charles? I, I, God, I, I think 12. Uh, well, the original the one and then 10 the first. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he is the... He, that's, he's at He's well. the first star of the iPad, you know. Well, you ask about I know, iPad is there acting. like an iPad I, iPad film award? award? Well, I suppose the Gorilla. I gorilla suppose, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where are they the, held? In Buffalo? in Buffalo? That one was in Buffalo, but then... Uh, are you up for a patty? Did you get a... A patty, I love a patty. A patty. What's a patty? It's an it's iPad, an iPad award. award. Oh. It's a pat <laughs> the thing is... We should start it. Let's her, start I it I seem here. to be the only person doing the iPad. Well, Other people do the phone, which is too small for me. I can't see No, that. we're I old. We need iPad. a big format. <laughs> um, but, but, you know... Go, when I asked to do the show, you know, he said, well, it's about the environment. I said, certainly, I, I have done more for the environment making films with the iPad than other people who are throwing. Well, you're definitely, you there's no waste. The it's a disaster. Yeah. We don't have to green the set. We definitely don't have to change the water bottles or, exactly. yeah. yeah. Very yeah. low key. Yeah. <laughs> Video Village is the camera and everything. Low key. Yeah. 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 Low key was the first cinematographer. I had to fire him because he, he was, <laughs> didn't understand a word I was saying. But let's 
must be a lesson for those out there when you say, you know, you're waiting around to be creative. You're waiting oh. around for the job. You're waiting. I mean, listen. Get your iPad and make a movie for yeah, God's sake. Yeah, listen, there's I, no time like the present. I had so many movies shot down at the last minute where I was told, it's all right, it's blocked funds in Brazil. You guys are good to go. And then, you know, everybody's like, uh, no, it's not there. You know, and so this... There's no expense. And it's the speed as well. I mean, it's, yeah. it's fast. And, 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 you know, there's uh, often, you know, your first, if you get lucky to get a second take with Charles, <laughs> yeah, it's good. But, know. you know, your, your first, always first, the second take is, is the best. I mean, it's yes. because it's, it's spontaneous, just, spontaneous, it's real, it's visceral, yes. Exactly. I, and, I, you know, sometimes we've all done things where you, you know, you're on take 13 and it's because something hasn't quite gone right, right, right. technically. And That's when I you know. normally know my lines by then, however. But Charles doesn't mind if I put them behind your head and read no, them. I know, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. You got, I tell everyone, don't worry, we'll do one line at a time. He did. And of course, everyone that said, oh, they'll learn it, you know. Swan is amazing, but I think it's, you know, 15 years of doing soaps in New York. Michael Swan. He just, you know, he's got it all. You think he, he doesn't know anything, and then boom, he just, you know. Unlike me, I really, although I have to say, learning your dialogue, for some reason, I can learn it easier than I can learn a lot of other dialogue. Because I don't learn dialogue very easy, do I? Eddie? Well, it's written for your The record showed the defendant was silent at this point of the testimony. But I have to say, I think, I, I'm not learning this, I'm going to put it. I'm going to post it. I actually wrote it out in big print so I would put it up behind the actor so I could just read it. <laughs> How'd that work for you? <laughs> well, you know, I really give it my all. I'm like, you know, I give 110%. So I wanted to read my lines, but I didn't end up having to do that because I knew it. So there you are. It and, is fun. And I'm Mr. not going to admit Dixon that because you're going to write anchor. something more, aren't you? Imagine my disdain when I looked up at the ceiling one evening and saw. <laughs> Oh, baby, baby, I love you so much on the little card up on the ceiling. And, and oh, so much so much of this season has been shot here in this house. That's true. It's yeah. a, and I mean, that is green, so there you are. Oh, yeah, and it, what is greener than this man in, in your bed, you know? Right. I mean, that was the, probably the that highlight was, that of this. That was pointing <laughs> to Neil Dixon, not to Mr. Baby. <laughs> Having another man in your bed, that's the highlight. Okay, there you have it. We may have to subpoena these tapes. <laughs> Get the footage. Oh, my God, is this too inside? for you guys I'm one sorry of, one of my I'm favorite sorry. moments uh, but it was on chicanery but he came back and did the show Fred Melamed was doing a scene in chicanery and he said uh, do you think that was too big and all the other actors went on this shoot yeah for <laughs> <laughs> Fred you know. It's so great in to the American not, way. I mean, you sort of just get to go for broke, and it's fun because uh, you know there. You're like you said, too big. I mean, really, you know, we don't I like get too big. Fast is funny. Time is money. That's Speed right. and big is good. Um, yeah. and, and in case anyone out there is wondering, well, where is this show? YouTube. Go on YouTube at Will at Large. And there's only the five episodes, which we're not going to do anymore. And at will is spelled A-T-W-I-L-L, correct? Yes, yes. So what's at the marketing campaign? <laughs> <laughs> you're, just, you're hearing it right now. This is the marketing campaign. This is the marketing campaign. <laughs> no, no, Frank Cotolo. We also do the Cotolo Chronicles. Neil and I have been on there. And uh, Frank has promoted the show, too. 
Okay. Um, and then BAFTA, I, I, you know, I haven't put it on the BAFTA. Uh, well, you should put yeah, it on I know, BAFTA. I know, I know. The Brits yes. will come out to, to... Anything you do, they're there. Well, I don't know. So, okay, so you're <laughs> not going to do anything. Sermon on Mount Street, that was you, you know. You're not going to shoot anymore, but you're going to make a movie, is that right? That's correct. So the movie will be still on the iPad format. Oh, absolutely. I've got to fin- and, and there's a lot of the material from the first five episodes, yes, will be used, but we will be able to finish. How? This. What else would it be besides in the iPad? I don't format? know. It's already I'm thinking, shot. I'm what, just, what are you talking no, about? No, but he's going to shoot more. Format. Aren't you shooting I, 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 more? Did you bring any more red meat to give so, him? <laughs> the, 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 the five episodes that we have shot this season. Yes. They will get incorporated into yes, this into masterpiece of the film yes, that you have. So yes, our podcast Man. right now is actually a production meeting about the new show yes. that you're making. Well, Thanks. Because I, can't, I, I can't. can deduct the guacamole that I made. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. <laughs> One guacamole, which is all natural. Everything That's right. on the show is all natural. Ed's guacamole. Make sure and get his recipe at Begley no, no. Ed's <laughs> olive tapenade is the That's one right. that I right. can. Ed's and my spicy Thai cook. basil eggplant mm. coming next week mm. from Ed's kitchen. Was she related to Tony Basil, by the way? <laughs> I think so. Tony. Helena was just here the other day. Tony Basil's uh, uh, friend Helena from Five Easy Pieces. They've known Who can forget those Who two? Who can forget those two? Helena, what's, you say her last name. Helena I... Caliñotes. Caliñotes. Who had a wonderful club here for years. Yeah, Helena's. Helena, who used to live up at um, Jack's. Uh, Jack's place. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Did yes. you ever go to Helena's? I did. I, I, actually, one of those uh, times I came out here way back in the 80s, I went down there. To, well, if you, you, then you can describe Helena's to our listeners. It was the club. It was the Studio 54 of Los Angeles. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and weren't there poetry readings and things like that There were dance on? lessons, dance classes and poetry readings yeah. and much more. Yeah, so was it, it was more incredible. Of a it was a scene. I mean, you know, everybody seemed to be there. You yeah, know, it was pretty good. Way downtown. Way, way, it was on down Temple. Beverly. Beverly, yeah. no? Temple and uh, down near Hoover or something. Yeah. Or, yes, yeah. yeah. Down Even I went there and I was a mere child. Yeah, temple near Rampart, to actually. To borrow yeah. someone's yes. ID. Yeah, that was, that's what happened. Just great. <laughs> but yeah, so you were in the scene here, but you were married. You brought well, out yeah, a family. I, I did. Well, oh, this is before that. Oh, I mean, okay. Well, no, I, was still, I was married, but I'd come out from, from London, and I'd, I'd stay with our dear friend Michael Halsey or up at Joan Collins' house, and we, you know, I just started, I had friends here, actors Ben Cross was here at the time. Oh, I love Ben. What a dear uh, lad he oh, is. Tell him I said hello. I will. like living in Collins house. Um, that I'd like to that was fun. It was fun. It was Lawrence Harvey's old house, and um, you know that you could feel his presence. It it was good. It kind of you know got noisy sometimes. You know, you'd go. Joan would ring up and call me and say, "Hey, are you coming down for a drink at the bar?" Joan Collins. Yeah, and you'd go down, and there's you know Elton John there with a glass Where of wine this? in those days. This was on Cabrillo, I think. Actually, Ellen DeGeneres <gasps> bought it and rebuilt it. I have a Rebuilt letter. Really? I have yeah. a letter from and, Lawrence and then Harvey she with that Cabrillo it. address. Yeah. Have you? On it. Yeah. You would have, Charles. I mean, of course, well, he, he would. He, have. Read, he wanted to make a movie of my first novel, Stone Cold Soldier, and he was going to get Orson Welles to direct it. It was an amazing. And then he passed away not long. He was mm-hmm. not very. He was only about forty-four when he passed. Really? Yeah. Now, yeah. so now there is a. Uh, an influx, if you, is, is a, yes. for lack of a better word, of British actors coming here. Uh, how do you, I mean... Well, when I first came over in the 80s, you, you were in something, so you came out right. and you 
hung around and uh, you know tried to pick up a job and it, it usually worked there weren't right. that many British actors here I mean there's always been that tradition of right. British actors going way back but um, now my god they seem to dominate most of these TV series okay. yeah, they're the, young they've got perfect American accents I perfect. know well, perfect. Perfect. And, you and wouldn't you know go, that it makes her mad. I love it. something you're familiar with. In a way, if I think if I, I was doing a job about three years ago, and there was this, uh, I was working with this American actor, and he said to me, "You know, you Brits, I'm, I'm sick of seeing you Brits all over the air here." <laughs> and I said, "Well, you know," uh, he, he said, "Why are you allowed to work here?" I went to Bristol Vic Drama School. He said. And I was there with, he was there with, I think, with Jeremy Irons and people. Uh He said, the moment I'd finished that three-year course, which I'd paid for, he said, I wasn't allowed to work there. I had to come home. And he said, and now all these British actors everywhere. I don't know. You know, some people would say, look, it's, it's a global... You know, well, as long as there's a reciprocation that we yeah. can go there. Yes. But there isn't. There, but there isn't. Because we can't do the accents as well as them. I can do you a know? British accent. Oh, please. You can't do it as well as they do American accents. Don't kid yourself. You oh. can't. Don't you ever contradict me on air. <laughs> How dare you? Do a British How accent right now. Go on, go on, go on. Give it to us. Oh, now you've put me on the spot, you asshole. Anyway... I can and I will do an English accent. Then go ahead. Let's just oh, show everybody. We want the listeners to know oh, what a good God British sakes. accent this is. So anyway, the point being, all right. So <laughs> yeah. what do you really think about? They can about- do any accent. They can do. They can do southern accents. They can do you know can. Uh, Chicago accents. They can do Boston accents. You go ahead. Give me your best Yorkshire, honey. Give me your best. Why Yorkshire. don't you give me your best Yorkshire? No, I don't pretend that I can do an but accent. It's, as well it's as irrelevant. That. It's irrelevant. No, well, you're asking I'm why are they getting the jobs? Okay. It's called talent. No. It's something so called talent. Master Mimic, Edward. All right. So there gets we get political. So what do you think of Brexit? Oh. Disastrous. 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 Um, you know, total mistake. And, and, you know, there was, of course, Brexit remorse yeah. afterwards. But I, I think if they held a poll now, people would, it would go the other way. Yeah. But, I mean, it was the hubris of the Conservative government, you know, and David Cameron that uh, thought, you know, this will be go well for me and it'll look good when the election comes up. And it was totally a disaster for them. Do you think mm. there's any kind of getting out of it? No. No. It's done. It's a done deal. I'm not, you know, particularly that knowledgeable, but from everything I read, no. No, they've already asked for the divorce. You don't go back then and go, you know what, honey, I want to make up. It doesn't work like that. Oh, we did that. We got back together. Uh, It doesn't work like that under these conditions, honey. It just doesn't. What they say is that in 20 years' time, it might be better. Really? Britain, yes. Why? Okay, whatever. I I, I think the economic independence, but really not. I mean, uh, my kids, you know, they have British passports, American passports. But, you know, with a British passport, they can go and work in every country in Europe. Right, right, right. That's all now in, in, in jeopardy. And it's all the British people who live in Spain. All the British people who live in but that's France, gone forever too. France, you uh-huh. know, people with second homes like right. Amanda and Corbin. Right, right, right. You right, know, right. I mean, what happened? They're American, really. Amanda's English, but I mean, what happens to all that? It's such a foolish it's be so thing. Complicated. And they didn't have to hold the referendum. It was, you know, wasn't that nobody was asking for a referendum? Right. They just was thought that guy Boris? sheer hubris. Boris, yeah. Okay, so I, since I have a Brit and a Canadian here, I want to talk about the. Um, Healthcare. <laughs> I want to ah. talk about health. 
because there's so much misinformation. Have I, having lived in both of your con- both countries, and having experienced the healthcare firsthand in both countries, think it's far superior because you get healthcare. For that matter, that one thing alone. Everybody gets it. Yep. Right, but you can actually see a doctor be. and afford to see a doctor and not have to, you know, and not yeah. have to sell your home or your car or whatever to have medical, uh, you know. Um, and it's a form of single payer in both countries, am I correct? Yeah. Well, in England, yeah. it's taken out of the, the wage packet each, each yeah, week. It's the right. same, it's it's the same thing. Take but, a, you know, they take like a pound. But, but the government runs it essentially, yes, right? Yes. yes. Well, that's, that's then I would suppose what our single payer attempted to be here and they couldn't get that passed and so they compromised with basically Mitt Romney's plan, and then the Republicans decided they didn't like that. But I was, I, sh- I was, yeah, I was shocked 15 years ago. I was in New York, a business venture, and a guy from Toronto told me how he had taken the bus from Toronto to Buffalo with a satchel with $10,000 in cash in it because he didn't want to wait six months for an operation that he desperately what needed. What kind of operation? Something that, that he would I've have to I've never heard of anyone having to wait for an operation that was going to be life-threatening. Well, obviously, elective. All right, so elective is a different story. Well, He's uh, got $10,000, and he could have done it. He could have paid a, a surgeon there. He just didn't want to pay the surgeons in Toronto. The point being... Yeah, because there there's such arrogance with some of these people. I don't want to, you know, think that the grass is always greener in America. And whereas, you know, there's do- great doctors in England and in um, Canada. But having said that, you know, your systems focus more on preventative health, and which is yeah. or holistic, like they approach the body. Yeah. You know, uh, well, Linda, my wife, you know, a good case in point there because she she's a reflexologist and has right. been practicing reflexology for And what is reflexology years. for me? Reflexology maybe? is basically working on all the, the, the points in the feet where the nerve endings come that relate to all, everything right. relates to a part of the body. In When they opened up the pyramids, they found all these drawings in the pyramids of, of feet to the brain to the heart. To, mm. And she can, you know, she touches people's feet and breaks the little crystallizations down that are formed. I've got that to see go Linda. To, you know, the heart or wherever. <laughs> but when we lived in England, you know, this would have been 1987. Right. The National Health you know, the, the government health system, was starting to get overcrowded. And what they would do was they realized that certain things like hay fever, all those things that people crowd up doctor's offices for, could be treated um, with alternative medicine. Right. And so she was got lots of referrals for people who'd had strokes and their faces were paralyzed on one side. They would get referred to Linda, she could work on their feet and she'd get people's faces. Did it, did it help? Oh, absolutely. <gasps> it worked, yeah. Oh, and, wow. And um, so they've always been on top of that. But the, the, the British national health system is faulted. It's not perfect. Sure, of course. But it's there. It's there. Yeah. And what'll it's a pe- safety net. Well, the bottom line, yes. this is the only country that doesn't have. I know. Some, uh, of the industrialized nations, we're the only yeah. one here in the exactly. state. Yeah, and exactly. I, I've never understood why, why they resent it. It's like, the, you know, it's socialism or something. I, I just don't yeah. get it. It's everybody should get it. For our own well-being, for the well-being of the rest of the population. Do you want people walking around the streets with some contagious disease or with a broken arm or anything? I mean, you don't, well, you don't that, want that. The, for your own well-being, you don't want that. Yeah. Crime. A lot of crime probably comes out of people who don't have money who need it for operations for somebody in their yeah. family. You right. can also, I mean, in England, we did when we had kids, we then took out a private 
private health plan as well. So that, you know, it's called PPP. Um, and, you know, sure, we paid you that. Have, like you, like you do option. here. We Absolutely. paid, you know, a, I think a couple of hundred pounds a, a month or a quarter or whatever it was. You could supplement the, the And plan. it means that if something, you suddenly have something serious, but not, you know, life-threatening, and they say it's six months before, you know, we can fit you in right. for the operation, then you just go on your private plan right. and you go to a private hospital, you know, and get it done that way. So you have an alternative. But the important but thing is everybody's covered. That's the way it's covered. It's your birthright. You are covered. And it was after the Second World War, actually Winston Churchill was the one who, who helped push all that through, you know, after the Second World War. Well, those now they soldiers coming back system. and, sure. you know... Having now they want to bounce 20,000 people, 20 million people off the rolls here. You know, that's their way of fixing it. It's crazy. It is crazy. Their it, compromise is just 15 million, you know. I don't understand what they fear. I mean... It, it, socialism is a, such a dirty word to them, those people. And, and I mean, it's flawed. There is no perfect system, that, you know, but political system. But it, it certainly is a more humane system, I think. And I certainly want a system that would um, would put a lot of emphasis on preventative. Yes. Because yeah. we tend to. Uh, treat the symptoms and once you have the disease we're treating you know but we don't try we don't look at what caused the d- the disease what caused that brings me to like health and wellness how do you how do you keep fit because you're very fit and you're <laughs> the, I, what I do spelt. I I I've was always a runner mm. and these days I don't run so much I hike a lot fast Fast. Uh, I've of, hiked with you. I know. Lots of that. I almost died. But I swim. I swim every day. I mean, I wish I biked like you. Know, I know you bike a lot. I, I do. I, and I, now I, I swim too. Yes, yeah, so that swim. I. We have a pool in Sherman Oaks there, and not. It's an open air, mm-hmm. you know, public pool, but it's got proper lanes for swimmers. Right. And it's heated all year round. And I go. I go down there, swim half a mile, you know, a, a day, or and then. At, Certain days I crank it up to a mile. Wow. And it's just the best because you don't, there's no stress on the joints. And I was getting, from running, I was getting a lot of stress on my knees. The pounding, yeah. It's yeah. better to have circular motion like a bike or swimming. Exactly. Much better. Yeah. Charles, what do you do? Sex. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, like I was saying, walking. <laughs> Costco. I recommend Costco to people. Do you? There's a lot of walking. No, but Costco. then you have to stop. See, I have to stop. Ed goes in, looks around, gets his things. I know and just what leaves. I want. Well, I know I, every I aisle. Know. As, uh, Ed, but, he does. as you know, Ed is my guru. So much I've learned from him. Yeah. You know, as far as all video, I'm sorry. I know. By the way, the Chinese <laughs> for centuries, they paid a doctor a little amount of money every week, and if you got ill, they stopped paying him. And so that was the doctor's incentive to get you well. How so, interesting. Hey, hey, whoa, wait, what the heck? So if you got, so it was like a bribery. If, if you got ill. It's an incentive was, program. Let's not call it, was, it bribery. Yeah. It's an okay. incentive program. Every, you know, you'd give them a, a one little silver something once a month, whatever. And that was, and then you got sick and you, he didn't get paid anymore. So he got it. Or had she, to get people better. Hopefully she. But. Or so you had to prevent people getting ill. Well, that was the, I'm, yeah. this is the original preventative. That's literally yeah. the preventative medicine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I find it fascinating. <laughs> Well, it, yeah, and it, it, we certainly have you know room for improvement, no question about that. So, so are you? Sh- you're shooting your movie on your iPad and uh, and back- and, uh, and the, the working on uh, a TV series of my book, The Magicker, 
and another book, Hollywood Raj, which which we're hoping that Mr. Dixon will participate in on that great Come and Get It Day. Great, good. Well, never never dull with Charles. Charles yeah. never dull. I mean, you know, no. one he's goes always at, doing something. He's, he's so prolific. Yeah. <laughs> That phone, if a week doesn't go by and that phone call comes through about <laughs> a plan for something else, it's a boring week, you know, I mean. You know, and people go, you know, for actors, there's a lot of downtime. Even if you're, oh, a, yeah. a, you know, even if you're Tatum, Tatum Channing or Channing. Channing Tatum, honey. Either one, either wow. one. Wow. Whichever. He's cute. Anyway, he's got two last names. Um, but even for him, there's downtime. And how do you stay creative? And that's what we do, just you know. Up. Just say yeah. yes. Just keep say yes. Things. Charles's favorite word, yes. yes. I, I'm I, I'm doing a play. I mean, I do a one man play called The Standard Bearer. Oh, that's right, and I loved it. Which oh, bless you. The, which I was direct found for me by my friend Julian Sands, and he directed it. And, Room with um, a view, Julian Sands. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The what we we did we did it five years ago in London, and then. Here in LA, then San Francisco. Do you plan to do and it here? Yeah, and you toured uh, uh, we, in British Columbia. We've toured in British Columbia, uh, up in Canada, um, earlier this year in January. But I'm going to do it again in January. I'm going to do a couple of performances in LA, one off oh, to good. warm it so up. Oh, good. So I'm going to see it again. And then I'm going to do it in Luxembourg at the grandly titled National Theatre of Luxembourg. I love Luxembourg. I, I'm told it's, it's just the black box, but you know. No, anyway, but Luxembourg's fabulous. Luxembourg, the Grand Duchy. Right. And then I'm going to do some performances in England, in, oh, cool. all in January. Well, I hope it's here again, because I want to see it. Yeah. I'm sorry I missed it's it It's an night. explorer. I, you, you, I think you'd like it. Yeah, it's, it's... I know, I'd love it. It's You're wonderful. Right. It's a tale of an actor. How do people reach you, uh, social media and what have you, yes, or Facebook? Or how um, very good point. I'm on Facebook, Neil Dixon. Neil Dixon. N-E-I-L-T-I-C-K-S-O-N. And uh, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, but it's the standard bearer on Twitter. Standard yeah, bearer on Twitter. But I'm terrible at doing all that. I know, you have to do it. It's part of life it's, today. It's the whole new world. Charles, uh, social media, how do people reach social you? Social media, Charles Dennis. Uh, there's also pages out on Facebook for chicanery and hard for, although I don't know what anyone wants with hard for now. Uh, I'm, I'm in also, it. What are you saying? That's right. That's yes. right. Rochelle Cosby. Rochelle's fine brilliant. work. She's brilliant, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. Uh, also on, not Twitter, the other one, Instagram. Instagram. At Will Web Series is the name on there. So Great. we're always pushing at Will. At Will. A-T-W-I-L-L. Web Series. In Hard 4, I might add, you got the cast, you got the dream cast. Brian Cranston, Dabney Coleman, Ed Asner. Ed Bagley. Jr. That's right. Fayard Nicholas, who came out of retirement and was in Prentice. Paula Prentice, mm. Willie Garson. Rochelle Carson. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Let's yeah. move on. Ross Benjamin, Sam Gould. Oh, yeah. Amazing. I mean, it was. Uh, well, it's a delight well, to talk to you both, a delight to work with you both. Yes. And, uh, and I hope to see you again soon in one and, of your wonderful movies. And, could you unlock the handcuffs now, please? Yeah. <laughs> once we're done, once we finally okay, sign okay. off. Because I get nervous. Pic- it's starting <laughs> to itch. You have to take a picture with us, too. Yes, oh, you yes, must please. take a picture. Thank you so much. Uh, yes, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much. Welcoming us into this wonderful home. Thank you, Neil. Thank you. All green. Neil, Charles, we had a blast. Thanks for coming. And now let's recap some of the great points you made. Do not wait for an opportunity. If you have an iPad, you can do anything with it, like shoot a movie, a whole feature film. It's probably the production with the smallest carbon footprint, too. (laughs) That's true. And Charles does not wait. Um, There's no perfect political system, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't fight for a better one. 
Well, that's all we have for you today. So glad you could join us. We hope this motivates you to go out and start working on a project or a goal or anything today. Honey, what will you work on? I'm going to work on uh, me, myself, and I right now. I just worked on Arrested Development, and I'm going to work in the vegetable garden. That's my week. And what am I going to work on, Ed? Uh, An attitude? Being a better good attitude. Wife. Oh, Being right. a good yeah, well, partner. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, anyway, you go out there and do that. And uh, I'm going to work on getting more roles for women. One, good for you. this one. A laudable goal. I think so. Maybe in, a, yeah, hopefully in this lifetime. Anyway, let us know what you're going to tackle by posting on our Facebook page or Twitter or email us at begleyesque at gmail. That is B E G L E Y E S Q U E at gmail.com and we'll share it in our next episode in the meantime don't forget to subscribe on apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and do a little do a lot just do something today and tell us what you did chat with you next time thank you to our executive producer tim street and producer emma kikuchi this podcast is a production of authentic for more info and advertising in this show visit authenticshows.com